Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPEL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, and I want to start today with a look at something that we really need to have this conversation. What I'm going to say is actually not going to be news for a lot of you. But it's a conversation that we have to have because there are people who are out there who are listening who may be unaware of just how badly certain parts of the media have gotten a major story of the last decade so wrong. And that is, of course, the COVID story. For years, the evidence, if you look at the evidence that is publicly available, and you look at the investigations that the our own government's agencies have conducted, it is very clear that the wet market theory of the origin of COVID-19 was never going to hold up. But anyone who suggested that COVID-19 originated in a virology lab in Wuhan, China, was deemed a conspiracy theorist, if not a full-on racist. Now, follow me on this. If you believed that a deadly pandemic originated in a Chinese virology lab, in a lab that was known to do research on contagious viruses... You were a conspiracy theorist and a racist. But if you believed that the people of China were so backwards, they were going to a wet market to eat bats and share diseases from mammals there, you're a perfectly normal human being. That's what our media tried to convince us of. That's what the media wanted us to believe. Fast forward to today. At the site I write for, redstate.com, we've done a ton of writing, a ton of research, a ton of reporting on the origin of COVID-19. There's plenty to go back to at Red State to see the reporting on what the U.S. government's involvement was in terms of -of gain-of-function research. It's all there laid out in black and white. Jim Garrity at National Review has also done a lot of digging into it, following a lot of paper trails, a lot of stories online, connecting a lot of dots. And over the past couple days, we've seen reporters outside of Red State and National Review start to put out more information based on what the government is now releasing. 
from Michael Schellenberger, Matt Tybee, and Alex Gutentag on Substack. According to multiple U.S. government officials interviewed as part of a lengthy investigation by Public and Racket, the first people infected by the virus, Patients Zero, included Ben Hu, a researcher who led the Wuhan Institute of Virology's gain-of-function research on SARS-like coronaviruses, which increases the infectiousness of viruses. Now, answers increasingly look within reach. Sources within the U.S. government say that three of the earliest people to become infected with SARS-CoV-2 were Ben Hu, Yu Ping, and Yan Zhu. All were members of the Wuhan lab suspected to have leaked the pandemic virus. As such, not only do we know there were WIV scientists who had developed COVID-like illnesses in November of 2019, but also that they were working with the closest relatives of SARS-CoV-2 and inserting gain-of-function features unique to it. When a source was asked how certain they were that these were the identities of the three WIV scientists who developed symptoms consistent with COVID-19 in the fall of 2019, the reporters were told 100%. Way back in the closing days of the Trump administration, Garrity notes at National Review, the U.S. State Department published a fact sheet declaring the U.S. government has reason to believe that several researchers inside the WIV became sick in autumn 2019 before the first identified case of the outbreak with symptoms consistent with both COVID-19 and common seasonal illnesses. This raises questions about the credibility of WIV senior researcher Shi Jingli's public claim that there was zero infection among the WIV staff and students of SARS-CoV-2 or SARS-related viruses. A few months later, in May 2021, a report by the Wall Street Journal's Michael R. Gordon, Warren P. Strobel, and Drew Henshaw offered more details, saying Three researchers from China's Wuhan Institute of Virology became sick enough in November 2019 that they sought hospital care, according to a previously undisclosed U.S. intelligence report. The Wuhan Institute of Virology first reported on the outbreak, published February 3rd, 2020 entitled A Pneumonia Outbreak Associated with a New Coronavirus of Probable Bat Origin, was written in part by Ben Hu and Yan Zhu, the two men who knew that they had been working with viruses either identical or extremely similar to SARS-CoV-2, had been working with virus, uh, had been hospitalized with pneumonia-like symptoms right before the pandemic started in their own neighborhood. Those two men, those two researchers in China, had the audacity to write most importantly, strict regulations against domestication and consumption of wildlife should be implemented. So why then did so many people first believe that this was a case of someone eating bat soup? That's because the Chinese government wanted the world to believe that. The Chinese government wanted the world to believe that some backwards people in some neighborhood in Wuhan were eating a bat And that's how COVID-19 started. And our media in the United States bought it hook, line, and sinker despite the evidence that was available even then and even despite the information that came out afterwards. If you had the audacity to mention the Wuhan Institute of Virology as a possible point of origin for the virus, you were deemed a conspiracy theorist 
and possibly a racist, particularly if you called it the China virus or the Han virus, which, by the way, the media was calling it until Trump started calling it that, at which point it became a racist term. Now former president of CNN, Chris Licht, said in an interview in a profile written about him not too long ago that an internal report done by CNN showed that um, the American people lost faith in CNN. A huge portion of the American people lost faith in CNN because of their COVID coverage, which included pushing the theory that this was a wet market thing and that Trump and everybody else who said it came from a lab was a kook. Our media, our mass media, our mainstream media, all bought in to this wet market theory because China told them. They would rather believe the Chinese Communist Party than what our own government was actually saying at the time. Is it any wonder that nobody believes any media report that comes out now? Rachel Maddow has the audacity to say that her network, MSNBC, doesn't publish false information. I will give you a moment to laugh because that is a hilarious statement. Is it any wonder that our government is not trusted by the people? Is it any wonder that our press is not trusted by the people? Because after Donald Trump left office, the Biden administration came in and quickly, under Tony Fauci, quickly quashed any sort of claim that this came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Fauci, who has ties to the gain-of-function research that was done at the Institute of Virology, wanted everyone to believe that, no, there's no chance. When y'all call into the show or when you send a message to the show or when you are posting to social media or anything like that, you, you don't trust news reports. I get it. It's hard to believe anything that comes out from the media when they spent years telling you that you were crazy for believing what is now actually, according to government officials, 100% the case. The media has for so long chosen a side, and it's not the side of the American people. They would rather stay in their own bubble and think that you, the consumer of their news product, are an idiot rather than admit they were wrong. They have no sense of humility, no sense of shame for the absolute misinformation they have pushed out for years over COVID-19. And they will continue to double down and do the same thing going forward. There is no lesson learned.
Our government told us, no, you don't need a mask. Don't go out and buy a mask. You won't need it. Then they said, oh, yeah, you do need a mask. Go out and get one right now, right now, right now. You have to put it. We need to put our children in masks. And there was no evidence at any point that children were susceptible to the virus and that masks would help children. There is some data that maybe shows at the very beginning of the virus, the particulates from COVID-19 for transmission were large enough to get caught in an actual N95 mask. But it mutated to the point where the particulate was so small, no mask was really effective. But despite that, you still have Democrats today saying that kids should be in masks. You have reporters who are out there worried about people in large gatherings not wearing masks. Today, they are worried about it. There's a truth, there's an honesty problem in the country, and it's not all the people in the mainstream media shouting about misinformation. They're the misinformers. 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message to the KPL app chat, let's take this break. We'll be back in just a moment here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation. One piece of information, a State Department cable gathered by the Freedom of Information Act. The State Department in July 2020 concluded Beijing knew earlier than they admit about the virus. An initial outbreak could have been contained in China if Beijing had not covered up. The Chinese Communist Party, the Chinese government, was more concerned with the cover-up than actually protecting people. That's the side that our media chose. And you have to remember, part of it is the commercialism of the media as it is now. I was talking with a friend about this earlier today. The media taking sides is not new. This happened long before Donald Trump. And once Donald Trump is gone from the political main st- from the political uh, uh, stage, it will still continue. The media has chosen sides forever. But Donald Trump exposed something unique in the media. Their focus on the clicks, the ratings, the page views, the time viewed on videos, clips, things like that. They were obsessed with it during the Trump era, and they found a lot of success in name-calling against the president and against the president's followers. That, That needs to be understood. The media is obsessed with page views and clicks and ratings and things like that to the point where they saw a... That's one reason the media actually goes after Ron DeSantis right now harder than they go after Trump. They're going after Trump a lot for the indictment stuff. But in the weeks leading up to it, they were hammering DeSantis a lot harder than Trump. The media wants Trump. The media wants Trump because he is clickbait for them. And the more they can attack Trump and the more that they can uh, call him names and call his followers names, The more they can call them racist, ultra-maga, conspiracy theorists, kooks, things like that. The more they do that, the more they can get those clicks and those ratings. That's what they want. That's what the media wants. 
The if it bleeds, it leads, the sex sells, all that stuff turns into overdrive when it comes to attacking Republicans, and in particular right now, Donald Trump and his followers and people who agree with Trump. That's what they are betting the bank on. And they've lost time after time because they bet the farm on Trump and they keep losing in the ratings, in the misinformation war, all of it. I see some folks on the phone. We've got to take a break. I'll get to you after this break here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation. Glad to be with y'all today. Lots, uh, lots still to talk about. I need to... I'm trying to figure out uh, which track to go on. There, there's there's too many stories, and I, I clearly don't have enough time. I spent you know, the entire first half of the show on the COVID stuff. Um, okay, so there is this panic among Democrats and the media right now uh, because of something Donald Trump said. I mean, that should come as no surprise to anybody. They're panicking over something Donald Trump said. Well, of course they did. But uh, Donald Trump has said he he's going to go after Joe Biden. He gets back in office. He's going after Biden. He's going to use the Justice Department to go after Joe Biden. And the New York Times has this very panicked piece about it. Uh, calling this the radical idea of Donald Trump to go after Joe Biden and completely obliterating the separation of the Department of Justice from the presidency. It should surprise none of you that the New York Times has no idea what they're talking about. You and I both know that there are three branches of government. You and I also know that despite them being called co-equal branches of government, the founding fathers wrote the Constitution, wrote the articles of the Constitution in such a way that it was clear based on the order that the branches of government were created, which ones ranked in terms of importance. The legislative branch is the primary governing body of the United States of America. Then it's the executive branch, which enforces the laws laid out by the legislative branch. And then you have the judicial branch, which oversees the legalities and the constitutionality of these laws and the enforcement of said laws. Nowhere in the Constitution is the Department of Justice mentioned. But based on precedent from the Supreme Court, we know that the Department of Justice, like so many of those agencies, fall under the executive branch. We know that FBI directors, we know that employees in the Department of Justice ultimately serve at the discretion of the president. For example, 
you and I know that when a new president comes in, federal prosecutors across the country are typically let go and a new batch are brought in as presidential administrations change. We know the Department of Justice is not separate from the executive branch. And we know based on the actions of the Justice Department, especially of late, they damn sure are not separate from the Biden administration. But they also weren't separate from the Obama administration, for example. I mean, the Obama administration weaponized the IRS against conservatives. The Biden administration has weaponized the Department of Justice against parents. Parents who go to school board meetings. The Department of Justice went after them for civil rights issues. And this is because of the mentality and the attitude and the practices and the the basics, basically the secular theology of the Biden administration that puts those LGBT and trans issues over the issues of parental rights. And we know that the Biden administration has used the DOJ to go after groups that have not adhered to the secular theology of the Biden administration. We know that pro-life advocates were arrested by the DOJ, and the DOJ did very little to investigate a series of fire bombings and other, other acts of vandalism at pro-life pregnancy centers. The Department of Justice is weaponized and used by an administration, and they serve at the discretion of and at the direction of the executive branch. You cannot tell me that after 9-11, the Department of Justice was working separately from the Bush administration, No, it was part of the Bush administration's overall policy to go after terror and terrorism, and the Department of Justice was used for such a thing. The Department of Justice is not separate from the executive branch. It is not separate from a presidential administration. They serve at the discretion of and according to the direction of that chief executive of the United States. But the left has forgotten or perhaps they never really learned, the one rule I have been telling y'all since I started this show a year and a half ago. If you do not want your political opponent to have a power, you do not assume that power for yourself. And that's exactly what the Democrats have done. The Democrats wielded the power of the nuclear option to get rid of of the of the filibuster for federal judges. They created that precedent, which made it very easy for Mitch McConnell to do the same for Supreme Court nominees. Barack Obama said, I don't need Congress. I can use a pen and a phone to do everything that my administration wants to do. And then Donald Trump gets into office and does the exact same thing, and the left freaks out about it. And the media freaks out about it. And now the Biden administration has weaponized the Department of Justice to go after a political opponent. And they now have the audacity to act shocked and appalled that that Donald Trump is planning to do the exact same thing. 
if Donald Trump wins election in 2024, if he is the Republican nominee and then wins the general election in 2024, the Democrats will have not only handed him the presidency, but have also handed him the powers to go after his political opponents. And do not think for a moment he won't. Hell hath no fury like a ticked off Donald Trump. He will devote every ounce of his wrath and rage over the prosecution and persecution of him and use it against the Democrats. All because the Biden administration and their Department of Justice went after him over the document stuff at Mar-a-Lago. And I know some folks are out there, well, Joe, you want him to have these uh, national security documents? No, of course not. As one of the callers mentioned the other day, and, and the idea I disagree with, I don't think they were his documents because he did not declassify them in the process that's laid out. But... The Biden administration also, we're now learning, basically came up to his lawyers and said, look, if he drops out of the race, we'll drop the, you know, we'll drop this case. And Trump said, no, I mean, you know, that's if he wants to have that fight, go for it. But that but the Biden administration made it very clear it was political with that offer. If he drops out of the race, he's he, he, he we're, we're going to drop this case. That right there is evidence that this is political. They gave him an offer. They gave him a plea deal, basically. And one of their conditions is, don't run in this campaign. Drop out of the race. That tells you all you need to know. This is a political act by the Department of Justice Whether at the direction of the Biden administration or not, the fact of the matter is the Biden administration, if it were filled with any sort of people with rational thought, should have looked at this and said, we need to delay this until he's no longer a candidate. Let the process play out and then start going after him for these things that we think he's guilty of. But they didn't do that. They could not contain themselves. The left, the Democrats, the media, they are all, they, they cannot contain themselves. They have to go after him, have to go after him, have to, he's guilty of something. Throw it all against the wall, see what sticks. Go after him, go after him, go after him, go after him. And look what happened. Donald Trump has now said he will do the same thing to his opponents. And the left is freaking out because they don't understand that they've acclaimed a power for themselves that the Republicans now have no reason to ignore. Do I like it? No, of course not. Retaliation, I don't think, serves anybody. But do I blame Republicans for saying, hey, it's open warfare now? They've set the precedent. No, I don't blame them. Government's built on precedent. We do something this way because it was done this way previously. And we keep building on that precedent. If you don't like the precedent, don't start the precedent. But that's what they've done. That's what the Democrats have done. They have continued to assume powers, and then they just get absolutely shocked the Republicans will use the same powers against them. So for the New York Times to say this is some radical idea to use the DOJ to go after somebody who has gone after you is a stupid thing to write. But again, the media 
has no concept of history, have no concept of shame, no concept of humility. And this is the result. The result of that is they publish these stupid things, these stupid opinions couched as a news story, but we can really tell for what it is. It is a panicked attack on Donald Trump from a group of people that don't understand. They and their party have brought this on themselves. And it all goes back to this idea that I mentioned with the media a little while ago. They are more willing to stay in their little bubble and believe that everybody outside of their bubble is an idiot rather than admit at any point that they were wrong to do something or rather than to do something outside of their ideology. Take the trans stuff. You have every anchor on every major network, it seems, all on board with the quote-unquote trans rights stuff. You have a piece in the Washington Post today talking about the conservative doctors behind the push for, uh, against abortion and, and against trans rights. That's the story from the Washington Post. Okay, cute. Let's have a story now on the progressive doctors in America that have been pushing for all this stuff especially on the trans issues, stuff in the trans issues that even the far-left European doctors are now saying there's no scientific backing for and they're not going to do it. You now have European countries saying, no, 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 we're not doing puberty blockers, we're not doing hormone therapy, we're not doing sexual reassignment on kids because there's no scientific data backing any sort of idea that this actually helps these kids. And yet American progressives and American progressive doctors are all on board with it Because everybody who believes against it is an idiot. We believe in the science. If a scientist disagrees, you shun them, you cancel them, you throw them off the public stage, and you only build your, quote, consensus around the people who agree with you. That's not how science works. That's not how public policy should work. But because they have done it for so long, now that the right starts doing it, it's a problem. Again, they've set the precedent for all this. 232-1542. Let's take a break. We'll wind up the show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL after this break. Call in 232-1542. Send a message to the KPL app back in a moment. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation or you can send a message to the KPL app chat. Shout out to Mike and Billy who have been uh, talkative on the app today. I am reading y'all's messages, just haven't addressed them yet. Uh, but it's it's worth noting that again this all all of this is based on this idea that that the democrats can build consensus by ignoring the people that disagree and then they get shocked when the same gets done to them in reverse the the covid stuff the trans stuff climate change stuff is another one There's a story in CNN today, without climate change, these extreme weather events would not have happened. It may shock you to know that that's not true. The definition of a heat wave, three consecutive days of temperatures over 100 degrees, doesn't make a drought any less like or any more likely than in, say, 1850 when a heat wave would have been three days of over 99 degrees. They're not more common. The characteristics are slightly different, but it's not more common. We can count 
on events like major hurricanes. They've not become more frequent or more intense than we observed 30 to 50 years ago. Certain characteristics have changed. But we would not conclude that a given storm would not have happened without climate change. Hurricanes have happened as long as as we've recorded them. But any scientist that points that out is shunned. They are kicked that they are verbally ostracized from the scientific community because they have not bought into this fake consensus that climate change is real and is causing all of these terrible things to happen in the world today. A scientist or a doctor is kicked out of the medical community because they say, well, actually, this hormone therapy, the puberty blockers, all that, that doesn't actually help. There's no study to show it helps. They're kicked out of the scientific community. Fake consensus and then outrage when anybody stands up against it or does the opposite. That's it for me. You guys have a great day. One more day in the week. We've made it. 23 hours. I'll be back to close out the week with y'all. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Or email me, joe at redstate.com. Shannon is, as always, offsides, and he's up next with Hippie Hannah here on News Talk 96.5. KPL, y'all stick around. Will be a lot of fun. Talk to you again soon.